0: Hello and welcome to Teachers at a Crossroads. On this podcast, we talk to teachers who are going to inspire teachers with stories about how they became unstuck, moved away from their crossroads and chose different directions. Some of them stayed in education, some of them took completely different paths. So do tune in every Tuesday and enjoy the stories. Hello again and welcome. So today it is my great pleasure to be able to introduce you to Colin Young. I met Colin way back in Malaysia. He is um, a teacher, teacher teacher-trainer, entrepreneur, and is currently developing his own system, has been delivering for the last few years on the art of storytelling. Colin has a really interesting background, and I'm just going to let you listen to Colin, actually. Okay, so let me warmly welcome Colin Young. Over to you, Colin.
1: Thanks, Cathy. Thank you so much for having me. I always love our conversations and we always get into all kinds of topics and ideas. And I I come away with all kinds of things in my mind moving. So I'm always (laughs) happy to, uh, to have a conversation with.
0: Okay, that's great. I'm so pleased you were able to make it. And yeah, we've had some amazing conversations. So, Colleen, I believe you come from a family of educators, but it wasn't your original intention to become a teacher. Tell us how that all materialized.
1: So I was in an entrepreneurial leadership course at university, and my whole idea was to move to Northern California, work in small business, and move forward that way. That was just right at 9-11. Right. Uh, In 2000, 2001, 2002, things started changing a little bit in the states and it wasn't attractive
0: or what
1: no. i wanted to do and it kind of happened on a whim so my brother who was 19 at the time didn't really much care for university took a year as i thought okay, i'm not interested in this why am i going to do it if i'm not right. enjoying it so he decided to look for different work mm-hmm. found an ad in a newspaper went to that night to uh, an interview in mcdonald's came back uh, and told the family at dinner i'm going to china in a week
0: oh, wow oh my gosh
1: so that kind of Gave us a big shock uh, we like, Whoa, what's going on? That's big. That's huge. What? You? And Well, he went and he absolutely loved it. He sent back stories and photos and the funny thing was my mom, who had been a, a teacher as well at kindergarten, a young learners teacher, uh, wasn't working at the time. And after all these photos and stories, kind of late October, she's like, oh, I don't have work here. Could I go over to China? And she had a convo with my brother and I was like, you know what? Just don't mother me. Okay. Come on over. <laughs> I kind of started things going. That next summer, I decided, you know, my whole family's over there. I'm going to be missing out stories around the Christmas tree in the future, so I better go see what it's about, too. And so I went uh, and hung out, traveled, ex- saw, went into some of their classes, and then I had a month and a half left of summer. And yep. I said, what am I going to do? Well, when in China and you speak English. I started teaching.
0: Right. So it,
1: it wasn't a real plan, but it was a great experience. I had a Orange. really good DOS, a director of studies. Other teaching staff, and it was well organized, and I loved it. Thanks. But alas, I had to get back to my final semester at university. Yep. After finishing that semester, I kind of, that was my first crossroad.
0: So, this is where you ponder what's next. Do I take this path or that path?
1: Sure. So, I remember sitting in, in Vancouver watching the rain come down right. at the end of December. It had been raining for three weeks straight. Hadn't seen the sun. Okay, here we go. They had recently opened up the telecommunications market, which was previously publicly controlled. They've opened it up to private. There was a lot of investment, and I'd been offered a job as a sales rep. The other option, I sat, I'd been applying and looking for teaching work, and I'd been offered a job in South Korea. Wow, okay. So, suit and tie sales training. On Monday morning or go to the Korean embassy. I haven't looked back. You can imagine the choice I made. I've been working in education almost 20 years now after that. And it started as a, as a way for to explore the world and it became a career.
0: All right. Then so, so you've gone Korea, China, you're bumping into family all over the place. And, and then you're moving on to. I think different things, and you went to Finland, Istanbul.
1: Uh, yeah, so after China was around Beijing 2008 Olympic time, kind of left there. We uh, were in the north, we were in the south of China and Xiamen, Xiamen University, right. which is yes. beautiful. It's an amazing island, great experience right. again. Right, Went back to Canada for a summer to teach uh, tourism, English tourism, well, of I'm... course, in Whistler, which was
0: right. awesome. Oh,
1: cool. Another beautiful place, and it was feels it was lovely. But we started looking, okay, what about September? We ended up all getting hired for a company in Istanbul, Turkey. So we jump on a plane, go to Istanbul. My, my dad during all this kind of he found a way to do six months on, six months off. And then he'd just come find us wherever he was and
0: six month holiday.
1: Exactly. He'd come, we'd have things set up, right? We'd have the housing, we'd know where to go for shopping, we'd have yeah. some of the language, we'd have everything ready to go, and he'd show up and enjoy himself enjoy. <laughs> which is what he should be doing.
0: So, so from from Turkey, I, I think you hit Malaysia at some point after that.
1: Went to Australia for a year after that, and then kind of was the next well, crossroad or the next movement. Uh, where we're moving from teaching, because I've been teaching for enough a good number of years already, and I said, you know, what, I don't need to teach another lesson on conditionals. And so we're moving from there, and in Malaysia, which is actually where we met, we started doing yep. uh, teacher training, of yes. course, yeah, with the government. And that was moving from teaching to more of a training. We were called teacher mentors there. I really liked the working with adults Mm -hmm. and every adult's a little bit different. You're mentoring, you're coaching. It's not a black and white, this is what everyone must learn.
0: So that was the government sponsored program. So you were actually going into schools and I believe you got one of the worst places that you could possibly get. You were allocated um, a district with with I think three or four other mentors. Mm -hmm. Um, The hardships you endured were just quite phenomenal.
1: It was extremely hard. It was a <laughs> duty free tropical island called Lankawi.
0: <laughs>
1: it was rough. I had a house five minute walk to a huge beach. There was live reggae music on every night. Kind of <laughs> reggae. We had a car, and it was solid infrastructure, and so we'd tour around, and it was a really great experience because we, you know, we we had a little bit more flexibility. Island life, you know, island life, there's a little bit more flexibility, and we we enjoyed it. We, you know, at the three there was three of us, and the three of us really tried to find interesting ways to go about teaching, not just traditional formal workshops. We did different things that brought them out. Like we had a master chef competition.
0: Oh, wow. Okay. That sounds really interesting.
1: And though you should see, you should have seen the, the quality that these teachers came up with. They're teachers. They were coming up with amazing creations and quality of food and right. presentation was just for me mind-blowing.
0: So after five incredible years with about 100 mentors in in uh, Malaysia and suffering what you had to suffer on the beautiful island to Lankari, um, you went off then to South America, I believe, and that was your next port of call.
1: So the first thing was just wanting to learn Spanish. It was on my bucket list. It was something I really wanted to do, so I grabbed the plane to Lima, Peru, realized quickly after a couple of days I didn't want to live there. It was big, it was loud it was really busy and though it has good food it wasn't going to keep me so i started exploring pounding the pavement exploring going to different countries different cities and and seeing what was available and ended up in in a town up in 3,600 meters of elevation called La Paz, Bolivia, which was amazing. You know, what? I remember not even knowing where it was. I was, before I even got to South America, I Googled, you know, Google Earth, La Paz, Bolivia, and the Earth's rotating and zooming, oh, in, right. zooming in, zooming in, zooming in, zooming in, and it's just a big range of white snow-capped mountains. And it just shows me, this is the town right on the edge of all of these mountains. And I said, I'm in, let's go.
0: Oh, so how's your Spanish?
1: Good. I went there to start a franchise of a TESOL program. So moving with the teacher training. So like uh, TEFL, TESOL, CELTA, it it was a one-month intensive program, 190-hour program. Right. And and we were given tasks that were consistent throughout the franchises. Yeah. Some of the material, but nothing in the way of training. How are you going to organize this? How are you going to set this up? How are you going to deliver the lessons? So the first couple of months were spent organizing that. Right. And it was it was really nice because there were people came in from all over. People who were teaching kids actually a lot of Bolivia. I expected a yeah. lot of foreigners to be the main market, but I would say eighty percent of the people that took the course over the three years I was there were Bolivians.
0: So kind of whizzing up now, more or less up to date. You're now living in Spain in Barcelona. You 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 have a small family. Yeah. You uh, last year we had a daughter, beautiful daughter, and um you're you're now taking everything that you've learned and you've kind of consolidated it or what it appears to be that you've consolidated all that over the years, especially with the pandemic, into this new system of teaching and learning that you're currently working with so can you bring us up to date with that and, and uh, tell us how that actually came about
1: sure of course uh, so like like many march yeah. 2020 was yeah. another change <laughs> uh, i've been coordinating kind of courses and week-long camps uh previous and that right. just went up in the air with covid and kind of helped me realize hmm, something you have and you think yeah this is something that's I got this. This is great. And it, took, it can puff and disappear quickly. And so it's something that I said, you know what? I want to create something of my own. So I was thinking about how I wanted to connect it. I knew I also liked working with adults and yeah. kids. And storytelling came out as something that I'd worked with before while in Bolivia. I did a yes. course on storytelling and I brought that into the TESOL course a lot. And I realized, you know what? Well, yes. This is everywhere, particularly coming come 2020. You'd see a lot on everywhere on social media. On your marketing campaign, everything is storytelling, how to tell a good story. Whether you're in a job interview, whether you're writing an email, whether you're having a conversation about what what movie you want to go see with your with your daughter, <laughs> there's a use for it all. And I realize everyone yes. has their own style. It's not going to be this is how you tell a good story, blah blah blah. We look through a bit of theory and a yeah. bit of structure, but the reality is everyone has to take it into right. their own style and find the, the approach that works for them. And so. That's where kind of the art of storytelling came from, which mm. is the course I created for kids originally, I'm still doing it, uh, eight to 11-year-old kids that kind of get them to start focusing right. a little bit. <laughs> and and it's we're coming back in at that age of eight to 11, which I find is really the right age for them cognitively to say, okay, I have a million ideas, help me focus what matters. Let's focus on what matters and cut the rest.
0: How long are your courses?
1: Uh, there's some flexibility. I do some kind of one-on-one that could last all year. But traditional course is kind of a right. five-week course. Once a week for an hour over five weeks, we focus on this per- on a set of particular objectives mm-hmm. and takeaways, and it keeps right. it short and sweet. And the
0: kids, they need to do homework uh, and research and stuff to get their stories together.
1: Yeah, research not so much with that age. I, I always give right. them the extras because there's always those who are really keen yeah. and really eager. And I, you know, you put it there on a the platter, saying so yes, it's there if yes. you want it. But you know, they've already going yeah. to school full time. They Pass. have other courses as well. And, you know, I, I always give that choose your challenge, right. mentality. Whereas this is the basic I want for yeah. you for next class. How much you put into that, that's okay. up to you.
0: So so with the with your method are you is this all for writing stories or is it expressing stories through vocally, orally?
1: I have both. Uh, So one, the art of uh, storytelling is much Mm -hmm. more of an oral. Uh, We look at how kind of the first five-week course is just creating your own story and telling it. We look at uh, tone. We look at the use of particular language and some adjectives, but not too many. A lot of kids are just throwing a a list of five adjectives. No, choose the one. Which one's the best? Choose it. Get rid of the rest there's the oral side of it and then we look at different particular stories that a create your own but also how do i tell a good story something that happened last weekend i want to describe what happened at the park to my mom over at dinner i want to a lot of the kids for example those Multiple times, and they said, Look, I have to give a speech and talk about why I should be a class president. And I said, Well, don't just start listing all of the great things that you can do, yes. tell a story. In that, tell a story, there's a lot of underlying things you can express, you can show the class. You can get them to understand who you are and why you would be good. Wow. So there's the oral side. There's also the, I actually have a whole year curriculum of creative writing. And it moves from the oral to more of the written Mm -hmm. side of things. Again, for the eight to 11 year olds who have, they can create sentences. They have some basic writing skills, but. I find in our most education systems, there isn't much right, focus on creative right. writing. Uh, it'll be a bit yeah. of write a story, but it doesn't you know, say, okay, here's the first part of the story, finish it, which is, I use that in as well. But it's those little things, how to, you know, the very simple uh, approach of show, yes. so, don't tell. Yep, yep. Don't just, don't just start describing, you know, everything you see very specifically. You need to treat your reader, the audience with respect. Drop hints, let them figure it out on their own in that indirect way and it's it's been it's been great it's uh uh, i'm through halfway through the third year uh, across the eu i have some students in the u.s as well uh, homeschooling students for the time difference it works i have some students in china as well though those are more adults uh in china but i still bring in that storytelling because a lot of the things is kate we're happy I'm trying to express and a difficult idea. There's a guy who works for with AI development for a big German company. But in China, he's trying to explain things. And I said, look, I don't understand what you're trying to say. You're using all these yeah. technical terms. Let's simplify it and tell it to me through a story, through a metaphor, through right. something that I can Well, understand.
0: these are amazing skills. I mean, not just for the kids, but also for adults. Do you, Are you obviously your focus is eight to 11-year-olds, so young, young people, and you've got some yeah. adults in China. So do you have a vision? What's your vision for the future of this? Are you going to continue developing it as it is and just delivering the program or are you going to expand in different ways. Well, I'd like to, as I'm
1: kind of full with my with my schedule here, is bring in some people right. to work with me, particularly for the kids side and to be able to turn it more into to get it on paper, to document it to be for oh. it to be a system. Because, you know, if you looked at some of my PowerPoints, it wouldn't necessarily make any oh, sense it's... to you because you're just looking at somebody else's work. I understand yes. how it works. But the idea and what I've yeah. learned there, I want to document that, get in that in a system that others can reproduce. Right. And so it, in reality for eight to 11 year olds should be instructor-led training, live, live classes. You can do e-learning, you can do a little bit of that, but really most eight to 11 year olds aren't going to sit on a computer and go through, uh, go through an e-learning course. Adults? Okay. That's another story. But for kids, it needs to have that live interaction. Like
0: that. So with the adults, I mean, do you have adults who are either business people, like you said about the guy with the AI? Are they essentially business people? or Are they people who would just like to write yeah. a short story, for, for example? example? Truthfully, they're
1: right. mostly all business people. They're working professionals. They're, uh, uh, there's researchers. Right. There's marketing people I work with. There are a lot of people work with in... scrum and agile so for example this afternoon i have a class with a scrum master and our focus is is how to explain and, and exemplify right, writing good okay. user stories.
0: Interesting, really.
1: Which she teaches more about that to me. Exactly. That's not my expertise. Exactly. I don't understand what writes a great user story, but her, she said, you know, next week, uh, this is what I'm doing right. in, a, in a meeting. What used to be all in German, she works oh, right. for a big German bank, is now in English because we onboarded other, you know, other employees and we're working okay. a lot with Poland. So what used to all be in German is now in... Right. English and hence she got a hold of me and we connected and and we've been working together oh for wonderful I think
0: that's incredible and this, and this is great, I, I believe child. when we when we spoke earlier we talked about maybe teacher training and training others to actually do this like you've already mm-hmm. mentioned about maybe bringing other people in to replicate the 8 to 11 year old scenario and that system that you've mm-hmm. already got in place and it's well tried and tested so maybe is there is there something going to possibly a lot to be able to train people to actually use your system of storytelling with other businesses?
1: Yeah, de- definitely. So the kid side is one and then the adult side is the other and at the adult side, I have been in a few different workshops. So for example, just pre-pandemic, I was doing a storytelling with TESOL Spain and it looks at the importance of bringing that in, but it wasn't so much focus. I didn't have as much experience three years ago. That was kind of right at the beginning. I had that interest, but now after three years of doing it, yes, it's a different ballpark. Yeah. So the idea of thinking about how can I bring that into the classroom using a, a, a system that allows teachers to do it easily. Yep. Any teacher could do it. They don't have yep. to be a great storyteller. You don't want to get into all of the theories. You want it to be hands-on. How can AI as a teacher become a exactly. great storyteller and make that, yep. use that in my class? But also how can I then give those some right. to my okay. students? Cool. That's for, for any kind of training for me is yep. I can learn that. But then, how can I provide yeah. that to my students? How can I give you the tools that allows you to? Oh, look, I'm do. I've done this, and now look, I have this structure. I have this right. outline. I have this lesson plan. I have these materials that I can now go and use this right. tomorrow, next week, in my yeah. classes when it's fresh. Because then, as always. T- if you want to understand yeah. something, teach yeah. it to someone else. So they have it fresh in the mind. We give them the offer, the, the materials and saying, yeah, here you go. Do, go do it in your class. It starts All to right. flow through their head. They're understanding it. They're now bringing it into the classroom and yeah. it's there for yeah. them and having that. So uh, the storytelling actually in the... A few months, I'm going to look at not so much creative writing because one thing I found is in the ELT, English language training market, there isn't much demand for creative
0: writing. So so you've now shifted from the kind of the TESOL and the TEFL type thing. You're actually working now with more with native speakers or people who are at a, maybe a C1, a, you know, near native language user.
1: Yeah, I don't really work with many people below B2. Some maybe a B1, B2 level. Uh, as long as they have a fairly good grasp of it, because we're not going to look at all of the grammar. If they have some grammar mistakes, we'll lightly touch on it, but I'll send them materials and say, here, on. go. Yeah. Uh, I'm not, as I realized long ago, I'm not going to go back and Drive. just keep teaching grammar. Yeah. If that's what somebody wants, I have a, I have some people I know that work with that. I can send them that way and to each their own. And the- and kind of realize what I want to do and what I don't want to do. And we have to stick to that. Exactly. That's the important And I
0: think that. that in many ways is what Teachers at a Crossroads is all about. It's like, okay, so... You still love teaching and you're doing it in a training sense rather than a teaching sense. Because I think these two are cousins that are very, very close to relate. Am I teaching or am okay. I training? You know, and then there's a, there's a place for both and they integrate and overlap constantly. So I think, you know, that um, what you're doing and what you're saying here about, you know, you've got to find, and I think for teachers who are at that crossroads, it's taking the time at that point to think about what is it I would like to do? If there were no obstacles, what would I really like to do? And sometimes that's a process. For you, it was a process going to Bolivia, yeah. teacher training, and realizing how much you've, you've you've changed over the years. You don't want to be in the classroom teaching language, grammar. You've moved on. And as that process begins to unfold, so the opportunities, new opportunities, new ideas germinate. And then, you know, as they begin to bloom, so it blooms your new business, which is the art of storytelling.
1: It is. And I'm excited about it. And that's it. It's not what's your job title or what's a company you work for in five years. It's what do you want to be doing yeah. that's going to keep you happy day to day, five years from now, yeah. well, what are you going to wake up for and say, yeah, I'm excited exactly. because this is what I'm doing. This yeah. is what I'm working on. And yeah. That's, yeah. that's, that's the mentality yeah. of it is, is what's going to keep me happy. But on the other side, also supports yes, the exactly. lifestyle And I
0: think that's another part, isn't It's Is having that vision of what you want, your life, your lifestyle. What kind of lifestyle are you looking at? Yeah. Okay, initially, the, the first part's when you're getting your system together, building the business, that's quite demanding. Um, but once that's actually running and yeah. you've got one or two people also delivering your system, that's when you look back and you think, wow, I did that. And now you can take a week off and go sit on the mm-hmm. beach with your daughter, but your, but your, your partner.
1: Exactly. With with the family, it's so you realize, okay, yeah. time is, you, you always thought, you know, five years ago, oh, hey, there's never enough time. There's lots to do. Now it's the reality is there's a lot of to do. And I want to spend time with the family, not teaching. And, and w- when you're doing one, lessons, it's often, especially as a freelancer as I am, to get paid a lesson, you need to work. To get paid for an hour, you have to work an hour. And that means if you want to save more money, make more money, you have to work more. But then that's kind of, it doesn't connect with the, I want to spend more time with family and running, which I love and doing things that, you know, that will keep me happy.
0: Exactly. And then here's that life balance, isn't it? It's finding that this is what I, this is the life I want. Now the work I need to be able to fit that life, this is it. You know, and you created and carved out your own niche. So I, I think, yeah, that sounds amazing. So what's your advice to teachers? What would you like to say to teachers who are listening now? Tell, tell stories in your class. A lot of, oh, don't bring in any personal
1: stories. Okay, positive, but bring stories into the classroom it helps to create connection human to human connection is where we go in the future we have we have computers that can type quality general language now right we have a lot of ai technology that can write that and you can see it but it doesn't really connect it lacks a little something and that's called personality.
0: So, so if we come across teachers who are teachers are listening to this and think, oh, I'd like to know more about that, they can get in touch with you uh, and maybe join you, do some work shadowing and stuff like that. Pick your brains um, or better still start one of your training courses.
1: Exactly. Exactly. It's there. It's all, it's whole. The, the, the curriculums are set up. Courses I'm working on at the moment, and as I said, I have some workshops this year to kind of focus excellent. it in. And the idea is to yeah. spread stories and and to enjoy and get back what we're what we're bringing Absolute. into the classroom.
0: Excellent, excellent. History. Colin, thank you so very very much for your time. It has been an amazing journey that you've been on. I think you've gone through the whole gambit from starting off at university, moving through around the world. I mean, really around the world to different places, delivering your style of education and then eventually having created your own system in the art of storytelling. So I wish you every success. I know you will be a success. I have no doubts about that at all. So um thank you once again for joining us.
1: Thank you very much for having me, Kathy. It's been a pleasure. Let's have another chat and, and talk again in the in the near future. And uh I look forward to exploring. And uh, you told me that there's some great upcoming conversations in uh, Teachers at a Crossroads.
0: Yes, and Colin's right. We have quite a few people lined up who have quite extraordinary um stories to tell. We've got t- teachers who've come out of teaching and done the most incredible things to set up their own businesses, we've got a franchisee, franchisor. We've got people who have out in Newfoundland, they have, I don't know if that's the right way to pronounce it, they have some amazing properties, and um, oh, I'm not going to let you into all the things that are coming up, but there is a lot, definitely tune in, there are quite a lot you don't want to miss, I'll see you when you tune in every Tuesday to Teachers at a Crossroads, ciao for now.